Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Correct Poker Podcast, sponsored, as always, by Running Aces Casino, Racetrack, and Hotel, and Website Amp. Uh, man, we are past the 300 episode mark now. We did it. We got another 300 in us to go in the next few years. Uh, but we have another chats edition of the podcast, which means we get to hang out with some cool people. And today we are chatting with the one and only Joe Stapleton. Uh, he's a poker player. He's a commentator. He's a comedian. Uh, you know him as Stapes. And we are going to chat with him and kind of hear his story and, and where he's going with with all things poker related. Uh, but let's first introduce the panel. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And I've got a quote that I thought was appropriate for our guest uh, from Mokokoma Mokoana. He says, we can't all be comedians. Some people have to do the laughing. Well, thanks, Steve. My name is Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game. And if you want to learn anything else about me or the rest of the crew here, you can go to rec.poker slash crew. And I didn't bring a quote because I'm just excited for our guest today. I can't wait to find out a little more. Very nice. And so John Somsky has just jumped on here at perfect timing. John, if you're ready, man, introduce yourself. Hello, I am John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And... <laughs> Hey, so, so poker Geek better call me. the Geek Squad about his internet connection. <laughs> yeah, let's call the Poker Geek Squad on that. So, John, we, we've lost him. But anyway, that's John Somsky. You guys know him, Poker Geek MN. He'll have a great quote uh, he'll share with us later. But uh, after the conversation, we're going to dig into a bit of the Rec Poker community. John will share some of the home game results. We're going to talk about the first Rec Poker weekly tournament at Running Aces. We've got our road trip down to Florida with Run Good. Uh, we've got all kinds of cool stuff going on. So we will touch base on that more uh, after the conversation with Joe. But Joe Stapes, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, do you guys have a, a slogan for Rec Poker? You know, people on the internet say, get wrecked. You guys should say, get wreck. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, we, we've got a few, a few like little that. catch things. Like we got the that. wrecking crew. That's maybe, good. Maybe. I like that. You know, that's actually better than mine. Scratch mine. Go with, go with your original <laughs> I don't know. instinct. Get wrecked, man. Get wrecked. I kind of like that. Get wrecked. We, don't we, have to we work got a few. We, got, we have our Reckies Awards. Uh, so we, we pretty much try to work the word in wherever How about can. the Wreckfist Club? Huh? Oh, How about those guys? morning bad, tournaments. Bad. Morning tournament series. This is how, great. How much are we going to owe you for all of I know. Ideas? we got to get some royalties if for Joe. If you guys knew how much money I made over the years per joke, you would realize <laughs> even if I made you laugh nonstop for the next hour, it would be like 50 bucks. <laughs> Is that just because you just have three jokes that you just kind of recycle? Is that <laughs> That's one reason is I only have three jokes. And the other is that I've, you know, I I wrote 10,000 jokes for my first nickel in the business. So right. yeah. uh, it's amortized over a long right. time. We're still, it's still only about uh, 40 bucks a day. Well, hopefully the, hopefully it's directionally correct. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I mean, man, it's fun to have you on, man. We, we, we've been watching you for years, watching you do your thing, entertaining the troops, and all these different things that you're doing. And as recreational players, we, we watch poker, we love poker, we like to learn poker, but we also want to enjoy poker. And you've been, you've added to that experience of joy in it. So it's, it's fun to have you on, but I'd love to just start with your story, kind of your background. I don't know much about you pre, when I've seen you on the WSOP or whatever, kind of, where did you come from? <laughs> what's, what's a little bit of your story? Sure. I'll, I'll try to tell it briefly, uh, just because if folks tune in, they, they've heard me tell this story a couple times. But uh, went to college to, to study television, uh, which is fucking stupid. But anyway, <laughs> I did it. 
And then I moved to L.A. I graduated a little early. I moved to L.A. at 20, and I managed to get a job as a production assistant on a TV show, like Dream Come True. It only took a couple months. Um, what I mean, I was a coffee runner, and um, there wasn't much uh, upward mobility for me there, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I took a job at the World Series of Poker as an intern for Card Player Magazine in 2005. Uh, at which point I really thought that poker was re- fucking dull. Yeah. And um, a lot of it, right? A lot of it is. And I just thought, man, if you really want to squeeze all the juice out of this as an entertainment item, you got to entertain people a little bit more. And uh, the bosses at Card Players did not agree with me. And it was a sh- it was a short lived career at card player. <laughs> did were, did um, you can I ask? Uh, did did you play poker prior to sort of that being your gig? Dude, you know how like when you play poker for like three months, you're like, yeah, I play poker. I'm a poker player. <laughs> right. Hell yeah, like I play poker. I was at that phase okay. of yeah. being a poker player. Like thought I knew almost everything there was to know about poker. Um, you know, you, you, th- you think that and then 10 years later, then you think it again. And then 10 right. years later, you think it and you're like, God damn it. Um, I don't know anything. Then anyway, you're like, yeah. Me, point, you're just like, I give up. This, this is all I'm going to be able to learn. Yeah. I just know that I know nothing. And that's why we're, well, that's why we're the wreck poker guys. We will never look at a solver. We will never say thy name. You'd be surprised how many of these wrecks are solver based, but yeah, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> don't say simulation. Shh, not, not a wreck poker. Uh, so, uh, but luckily card player wasn't the only game in town and there were other people doing poker content at the time. And some folks, uh, who were actually full tilt based, uh, at the time saw some promise in me and gave me a podcast. Uh, and then, uh, that particular division of full tilt went under. Uh, yeah. and then I got a job writing for, <laughs> I've worked for all of the companies, by the Seems way, like it. next yeah. was ultimate. Bet had a TV show that I I've worked on briefly as the head writer. It was called Poker Tonight, uh, and it was like a really awful ESPN Sports Center style poker show that I was almost making completely <laughs> from scratch. Um, and as a result, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, a little show called The Big Game came along, where some folks at Poker Stars. Uh, one guy behind the scenes named John Caldwell, but some guys in front of the scenes named Daniel Negreanu and Barry Greenstein were adamant that if they wanted to do a totally uh, new style of poker show that they couldn't get an old style broadcaster. Mm-hmm. They had to get some new blood in there and they jumped up and down and stamped their feet. And as a result, without really deserving it, without really having ever been on TV before, not even really, without ever actually having been on TV before, they put me in that spot, and I was very lucky to get it because it's a really great show, arguably the best poker show, cash game show there ever was. Well, let, um, me, let me interrupt you there. I'm, yeah. I'm still curious about that. I'm curious, like, where you were in your journey, like how old were you at that point, and what do you think it was about you? I mean, I know you said they wanted some fresh blood, some new, but you were around – you know, but you weren't like, you know, world-class poker player. You were more, you know, on the TV entertainment side of things. So like, what, what do you think it was about you that made them say, you know, this is our guy? I think that what other than, okay, I can only talk about the parts I did. Sure. But, to be, but before I get to that, being in the right place at the right time, having the support of the right people, um, and, uh, and having people believe in me and take a chance on me. 
to toot my own horn a tiny bit. It's mostly those other factors, but the thing I brought to the table that wasn't locker based on the outside yeah. environment was I really wanted to be a, a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted to be on television. I wanted to be Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how can I apply those sensibi- that sensibility to poker? And it was kind of a square peg in a round hole, uh, but people got it. People really liked it. They li- I wasn't very good at any of it, but people liked that I was trying and people liked that I was doing different things. And I always felt like most of what we did, the poker speaks for itself. So I kind of feel like anything poker-wise that you do doesn't have to be that pokery. Um, in fact, it's way more interesting to to talk about the other stuff, the lifestyle and the the games people play, and to sort of put them into situations you don't normally see them in. When we play a very stupid game on my podcast, <laughs> that you know is one of the things I've been doing for like 15 years now. Um, so I, you know, I was just lucky that my sense of humor, I just sort of jammed it into poker yeah, and yeah. and got it away with it. Well, it, it worked, right? So there's. I mean, what I'm hearing you say is, I mean, there's the humility side of it, right place, right time. But obviously you were putting in the work. You had a vision. You were able to communicate that vision. And they just kind of said, I get it. And I think the reason I asked that question is we have a lot of people that are like, man, I would just love to work in the poker industry in some way, shape or form. And so whenever we have somebody on that's in the industry, I'm always trying to like tap their brain. Like, what did you do? You know, and some people like a Kevin Mather says, I just started tweeting and eventually people took notice. And, you know, you're saying, man, I just, I worked it. I just was in it and I'm working it and doing what I could. And so that's why I'm always asking those kinds of questions. And yeah. Go so ahead. At, at the time there was a vacuum of talent, right? And no offense to anyone that was around at the time, but at the time they needed people. Now I would say there is a surplus of talent. There's lots and lots of talented people who work in the poker industry and lots who want to be in it. Uh, and people so much so that they sometimes go from really successful careers in other places and want to be a part of the poker industry, not just poker players, but like, you know, these right. influencers and folks like that who start doing poker streaming and poker videos. And, um, you know, so th- there's there's that allure to it that's built up over the last 10 years. You could say I'm 100 percent responsible for it. I wouldn't stop you. But the point is that there is. There's there's way more competition out there now, and there wasn't a lot back then. So it's another reason I was lucky, was that it was there was a hunger for poker content, and then I did something that was not exactly the same as anybody else was doing. Okay, yeah. One more question. We back up even further, kind of the beginning. I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned about you know the WSOP Card Player Magazine, you know thing, and then that didn't really work out, and so you went to Full Tilt. And I'm kind of curious. Was that sort of a natural progression or did you somehow recognize that you wanted to stay in the poker industry? Like, it sounds like the first gig was just kind of like, well, I got this gig. It was in, you know, kind of where I wanted to be. It happened to be related to poker, but then you stuck with poker. And I'm curious if that was just people noticing you or if you somehow made an intentional decision to say, I want to stay in poker. I want to kind of keep playing this out. I mean, look, it's you picked up on a huge part of the story I glossed over, and I normally do because I'm not sure how interesting it is. But since you asked, what happened was me and my best friend at the time got that internship together the first year, okay? I came back to Los Angeles at the end of the World Series of Poker because Mad TV was starting back up again. I had only done it as a summer job during rerun time. Remember everyone used to do reruns in the summertime? Yeah. So I went back, and I was like, well, I'm not giving up my career working for this TV show not realizing I had kind of hit the ceiling of where I was going to go there anyway. Um, that came later. Scott, on the other hand, Scott Huff is the fellow I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, was offered a full-time job at Card Player. And he uh-huh. started 
traveling the world for Card Player and writing articles for them. And I was super jealous. And I told him, you should start a poker podcast. And he started a poker podcast. It's the first one I remember existing, but I'm not saying it's the first one. Um, again, back then, you were way less aware of other things that were going on, too. Well, what was the name of it? John Somsky's Art Historian. Oh, it was the Card Player Poker <laughs> it, Podcast. It was called The Circuit. Yep. And it was Scott Huff and Joe Seabach and Gavin Smith. Right. Sorry, excuse me. It started with Scott Huff and Mike Matiso is how it started. Uh, Madiso was untenable as a as like an actual co-worker and they parted ways uh, and then a guy named David Singer came in for a minute and uh, that didn't really work and then they I might be getting slightly backwards and then they brought in Singer was after sorry then they brought in Joe Seabach and Gavin Smith to replace Madiso. Um mm. and then what happened was that went on for about a year and Scott decided that he he had recently been engaged and he didn't want to be on the road anymore. He just wanted to go back. He was he wanted to be a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, what? I'm just going to he so he quit after a year. This this they it was such a popular podcast. It was, um, you know, really all that was going on back then. And uh, Gavin and Joe, as a result, quit the show. They didn't want to do it with anyone else. And then Full Tilt Poker Wire came nosing around, and they were like, that podcast was really good. Okay. We can't do you in Seabock and Gavin, but who who do you guys think might be good? And because I had always been on the scene and always been the funny guy around, and they knew me through Huff, and because of my prior work, they were like, Joe Stapleton, he's going to knock this out of the park. You got to get Stapleton. And then they made me an offer for exactly like I think it was like five thousand dollars less per year than I was making at Mad TV, and I all I had to do was make my own podcast, mm-hmm. and I was totally in charge of it and had full creative control and could do anything I wanted and was going to travel the world, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna I'm leaving, I'm gonna leave Mad TV. Mm. Um, you know, just it was like one of those instances where like. It was like if it was in a movie, it would have been the executive producer coming over with like the sketch packet I gave him, like writing samples and being like, look, I decided to not even consider you this year. I didn't read these. (laughs) And then my phone rings and they're like, do you want to host a podcast? And I was like, yes, my bags are packed. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. Well, the power of not burning bridges, the power of relationships, the power of. Yes. To answer your your question, Steve, I I would not be where I am today (laughs) if people didn't like me. Um, and want to do nice things for me. Hmm. Uh, Which is weird you know, because we, we hear that everybody doesn't like you. So it's weird that you would say that, <laughs> that people like you. So. You know what it, you know what it, you know what you probably heard? Anytime someone doesn't like me, it's a really big deal to me. Like my fucking <laughs> world like spins off his access. And I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. What? Um, and so I often do kind of get a little too catty with people who I feel aren't being kind to me. <laughs> I feel but my way. new my new thing is that if someone someone the last two people who like specifically wrote to me to tell me how much they don't like me on TV I just wrote them a, a like an actual apology oh, and I was like nice, nice. oh I'm I'm really just sorry to hear that I don't I don't want to ruin your I don't want to ruin poker for you I apologize I would quit but I I need the money for my family um but but yeah like I I really I'm like I'm sorry it's not my intention to upset anyone I I hope. I hope uh, you can, you know, you can get 
past it. And I wish you all the best. And what are they what are they gonna do to that, right? How are they gonna the last two that? people I did that to just started writing back like fan questions. Like who's your favorite player? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. I love it. Well let, we'll get to your kind of your post poker uh career too. But John, did you have something you wanted to jump in there with? Well I was just gonna say I've been a, a big fan watch from the John, I recognize you, man. I recognize that you're, as soon as I saw John Somsky pop up, I'm like, this dude's been a great tweeter over the years, always have positive things to contribute. If I remember you, it's either really good or really bad, and I know immediately <laughs> as soon as I see the person. Sometimes the name I need to see a face to, but you've been, you've been awesome, man. Thank you so much for all your support over the years. Oh, yeah, I've been a, a big fan. I still have all of the original Huff and Stay episodes downloaded and available. So, you know, it's uh, fun, although I haven't listened to him in a while, to be honest. Well, it, I shouldn't mention this, but, you know, that's what's going to get me canceled <laughs> is when all those episodes get uploaded and someone's like goes through all 500 hours of Huff and Staves being like, here's one time Joe Stapleton said N-word, not the N-word. He just abbreviated it. And that's going to be something we don't do by the time these tapes come out. This, this is actually uh, the start of John's process of blackmailing you, telling you that he has. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're walking your steps. I have, I have the tapes. I have the tapes. Yeah, there's a so, location. I'll get your Venmo later, and then we can work out a deal, <laughs> and we'll figure out what it takes for me to destroy that information. But um, I think one of the big things that you left out on there is, I mean, you guys worked really hard with all the stuff you did with Poker Road, and all of the different uh, episodes you were working on there. Um, you you've really put in a lot of hard work. So it wasn't just being good and being in the right place at the right time. You've done a lot of work to get where you are as well. Yeah, you know, thanks for saying that. And that's I guess that's right. It just um one is that my memory is like really foggy and I tend to not remember things like work. Um I remember joy and I remember some bad things, but stuff that's just like kind of a little bumpy like doesn't like I don't doesn't but now you say that I'm like we did work pretty hard on that stuff but the other thing is that we were and I'm so lucky this is the luckiest thing about me honestly it didn't feel that much like work mm. um especially because I always looked at it like this and I was like what's my dream job to host the tonight show right okay so let's here's here's between my hand is the universe and this hand right here is hosting The Tonight Show. And this hand is digging ditches, right? Let's just say as far as jobs are concerned, as far apart in the universe, right? The job I do yeah. is like infinitesimally close to this as opposed to digging yep. ditches. So the fact that like I got to just crowbar my sense of humor into print articles and little web vlogs and multiple podcasts and all that – it didn't always feel like work. Also, we barely got paid anything, so it kind of wasn't work either, if you think about it, because work requires getting paid. Um, and uh, at the time, it was generous, though. At the time, you know, it was enough for someone in their early 20s to get by on, and as long as they could get 40K into credit card debt, which I did twice. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it, it did. I'm so lucky that it doesn't really feel that much like work. Yeah, I, I love it. So it's not like you did a lot of volunteer work over over the course of right. your career. <laughs> yeah. But other than that you were employed to do volunteer work, it sounds like. But but no, I, I love that. I think uh, you know, that that gratitude that you have does come out in your personality, whether you talk about it or not. I mean, what I'm hearing there is gratitude, recognizing that yeah, maybe you didn't 
have Conan O'Brien's job, but you got pretty darn close, uh, all things considered, where, where life could have led you. So uh, talk a little bit about, I know a lot of our folks have, have asked questions about, ask them about the WSOP, because that's what we know as recreational players. You know, a lot of us aren't as close to everything that you've done in your career, but man, we, we loved watching you on the WSOP and interjecting things. And I guess my question is, you know, as, as the guy sort of doing those little cameos and bringing people in and having having a laugh and making the jokes, how much of that is is you and your own creative license? How much of that is, you know, somebody saying, hey, we'd like to have you go grab this person and do this. Just take, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. Let us know kind of how that looked for you in the WSOP. So remember a second ago when I said, like, that stuff didn't feel like work? <laughs> this job really felt like work. Really? Okay. And not that it wasn't fun. It was that it's the most pressure I've ever been under in my mm. life. Mm. Basically, I show up, and they're like, we need you to do 10 to 12 hits today, and they have to be hilarious and inoffensive and paint poker in a positive light, and you got to do them with poker players. You, you know, there's no budget. Um, you can't pay anyone. You can't schedule anything. Nobody wants to talk to you. Um, they, you got f- three minutes. Oh, they have to be exactly 90 seconds, 90 to 100 seconds long. Um, during, during their 15-minute break, whatever. During their 15-minute break, and it's it's – after the first couple of days, they didn't let me do the live anymore. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to come back to that. But okay, um, and so it's just like insane pressure. Now, not to say that I had no help, mm-hmm. because they would pair me with a producer who was always super helpful. And also, sometimes I would go in, and my boss would have two or three ideas for me, also, which I was crazy grateful for. Right? It wasn't like, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. It was like, oh my god, thank God, here's three things that are pre-approved, right. and then. I have to, and then I have to pitch him my ideas, and he's like, "No, no, are you serious? Like, why would you even ask this?" Um, and by the way, he's doing his job very well. Right, it's his job to make sure I don't get some dumb shit on the air that's going to get us all fired. Um, so I was never. It was frustrating, but I was never like mad at him or frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. I got it, you know. Uh, I understood, but yeah, those were tough. And then. You know, the, the people you're doing the bit with might be bad on camera. They they might not right. understand, you know, understand what's going on. I could screw I you know, then also that's all of that plus when it's going, I gotta do it right. <laughs> and, yep. and remember it and and remember how to get to the gag I'm trying to do. So um it was really high pressure. I wore a lot of hats, you know, as like director, producer, writer. Mm-hmm. Star casting director. How many more can I come up with? So like, like, star. Can we just said star lead like, leader you know, role? Um, <laughs> and, you, like, you know, so as a result, some some of those bits didn't work very well. I'm I'm well aware of that. Some of them did work pretty well, um, and some of them kind of just got like. There was a couple I was super proud of that just kind of got lost. I don't even think made it hmm. to TV. If you weren't watching live when they aired the first time, I don't think they've ever really been reprinted anywhere. Um, and a couple of those were super fun but uh yeah that's kind of how the day worked interesting jim did you have something uh well no i wanted to get into the movie stuff so i don't know if there's anything else on that front first but yeah i'm just well real quick then i guess i'm curious like yeah like how long are the days like i know you know for me i've done some things in the poker industry and people are surprised to hear how much is involved like with poker reporting and some of these different things and so i'm kind of curious like for you because you know you look at like oh that just looks like the dream job right i mean he's there he's grabbing a guy he's having fun you know but you've already described the pressure you're under all the hats you have to wear that there is an approval process you can be creative to a point 
but like how the long 90 seconds where I get to watch it back, like, you know, after the delay is amazing. That part's really, really fun. And then I'm like, well, we got to do five more in the next two hours. Like how long was your days? Like, you know, like how, how long a days were you working? The days weren't too long. Um, technically, like I think my call time by, by the last year I did it was like three or four p.m. And then we'd okay. be done by one or two in the morning, yeah. maybe three in the morning. But because I felt such intense pressure, yep, I oh. was getting into the Rio at like ten thirty in the morning. Mm. And then because I wanted, if my boss was going to shoot down, first of all, I like pitching them in person better. Yeah. Rather than writing in an email what the right. ideas are, because it's it's way easier to just say no, no, no in an email. He's got to look me in the eye and disappoint right. me. Or at least come if back I... with something you can use. Right, exactly. It's just the easier back and forth. So I would get there as early as he was getting there, and he was putting in insane hours. Um, but I would get there as early as he would get there. So if I was going to shoot down half of them, I could just like walk the halls, think about different things I could use, right. what what's what's happening today, who's still in the event. Um, Kind of like when you go to the track, right? And you get you get there early, and you go watch the horses trot up and down the like the little runway there, and then you get the racing form, and you circle your, and then you go see who all the scratches are. That's that was how I would prepare, and I really was gambling every day. I was like, well, <laughs> this this well, could be the one. I just feel. exactly this could be the day we just don't get it done. <laughs> all right, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the things that I'm just really impressed with, Joe, you've you've it's so like you say, you've crowbarred yourself into the poker world and um, you're you're present in a lot of different ways as a host, as a comedian. Um, we One of them is uh, consulting on movies. I know that one's come out recently and there was all this action on Twitter recently. It's, uh, do you want to just talk about that experience? Like I know you're, it's just, it's just so cool that you're involved in all these different parts of how poker intersects with the world. And I understand that some of them are, you know, easier for people to understand than others. Yeah, I mean, look, that's kind of been recently a really cool thing for me to be a part of as a guy who, like, still very much longs to also be a part of mainstream media, not just poker media. Um, the fact that I've been, like, reaching across the great divide and, like, just sort of getting a little taste uh, here and there has been very exciting. Uh, the movie is, of course, something called The Card Counter, which a friend of mine is a movie producer and this script came across her desk and it just so happened to be written by one of the like most acclaimed screenwriters of all time. And she read it and she said, holy shit, this got poker. And if I make this movie, I can give my friend Joe Stapleton a really cool job on this movie. Um, also, again, didn't hurt that it was written and to be directed by a legendary filmmaker. Um, and so those two things lined up and she did end up making the movie and um uh, funny story of how I got hired on the movie is that she sent me the script and just out of habit, I was like, no, no, wrong. This is wrong. This <laughs> would never happen. <laughs> this is stupid. This is, this, this is, this isn't even a thing in poker. Right. Um, and just sort of sent her that back thinking that like in a few months, she'll just those like slowly drop these hints over the next few months. Nope. You know what she did? She pressed forward and sent every single brutal note I had Sweet. directly to this legendary screenwriter. And he replied back, this is great. We have to have this guy on set. Yes. Sweet. So again, I just kind of fell ass backwards into this one because someone more successful than me likes me and wants to do nice things for me. And two, 
I opened my big fat mouth and somehow it paid off rather than biting me completely in the ass. Well, so, you're, you're, and you're pushing it all toward sort of just, you know, right place, right time kind of stuff, which of course there's, there's variance in life, just like there is in poker. But, you know, I keep hearing, you know, in, inside of everything you're saying is relationships and relationships with the right people. And you're taking the initiative, you know, and I think those things are, are coming together and yeah, the right person, he had to have the right reaction to it or whatever, but man, I, I love that. So I'm kind of curious, like, in your consulting then, I was wondering, like, if, were you consulting just with the script? Were you consulting with, you know, consulting with sort of the final edits? But it sounds like the entire thing. So you were actually on set and, and giving insights during the, the filming? I, I did three major things. Uh, one was the script notes to begin with. Two was to go to New York City and spend the day with the film star Oscar Isaac and just sort of talk poker with him. Mm -hmm and tell him where I thought the mistakes in the script were just in case Paul didn't end up changing them. I was mm -hmm. like, look, you do this movie however you want. It's Paul's movie however you want. I want you to know this is incorrect. This is correct. If this doesn't end up getting changed, I want it to be your choice as to what you want to do. And then if Paul wants to tell you to do it his way, that's fine. But I want you to at least know that this is not correct. You deserve to know. Um, so we spent the day together and luckily he had played poker before and kind of liked poker. Um, and so that was an easy process. And then I eventually, I also, sorry, I guess I forgot. I also helped connect the film with a lot of various poker entities, um, card player and mm -hmm. poker stars and poker night in America to say, Hey, if you want to send them some of your stuff, um, we'll try to get into the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of fun to be able to do and the movie appreciated it. And I think that the people who end up getting their stuff on camera, sorry, I didn't call rec poker. Yeah. Next time. Then. Next um, time. Yeah. We'll get those polos in there. Uh, and so that was, that was a cool little um, job to have. And then I was on set uh, and everyone from set direct decorators to props department. I said to the props department, one of the first emails I sent was guys, you got to invest in some real chips. Mm. Do not get these. And I sent them, <laughs> you know, the red, white, blue, black chips that everybody has and using their movie. And you're like, oh, this is like a 50 million. Our movie no. wasn't, but like you, you're watching Oceans 11, right? And they're totally. they're playing with like CVS chips. And you're like, what? The, totally. what? I know that Clooney's expensive, but like just maybe one of his per diems and get some actual chips. So uh, from the props department to the set decorators to um, – I guess that's it. I guess that's how long, it. Uh, the, like how long start to finish were you involved in the movie? Start to finish probably like 10 months, but um, I, you know, I, I, of that, I, you know, I worked maybe 10 days. Uh, I was on set uh, yeah. after that, just sort of keeping an eye on things for continuity and for, you know, just again, making sure that actors understood what the lines meant that they were saying mm -hmm. Um, and then finally, you asked if I did anything. By the way, that was maybe the second most stressful job I've ever had in my life <laughs> was to tell legendary filmmaker Paul Schrader. I know you just said uh, cut moving on, but actually um, that didn't... Uh, she dealt the river to the wrong side <laughs> of the cards. Um, and so we got to do that again. Yeah. Yep. That's a that's a question. Do they use dealers? Uh, or actor dealers how does that uh play in these movies in these movies great, great question jim and let me tell you something there was a scene that was supposed to be a world series of poker either circuit event or or vegas event unclear but world series of poker <laughs> event and uh there there's a big sweeping shot through a t poker tournament room where we had 30 tables going 
of those 30 actors who were playing dealers, one of them <laughs> was a real-life dealer. One. So there was a lot for me to watch when we were shooting those poker scenes. And in fact, at one point, I was watching like a big overhead shot, and the the person who was front and center was dealing to like random people as she dealt. And it was during the shuffle up and deal too. So it's not like it was like mixed in. It was like, all right, shuffle up and deal. And then she's like, seat two, seat eight, seat three, seat two, seat nine, seat one. Like it was and that's crazy. Stuff, and that stuff kills me too. Like I was, we're just watching Yellowstone, the, the TV series now. And like, they've got a poker scene in there and they're just, you know, it's like random stuff. You know what? It just, it just loses all credibility. You Counterpoint. Know? Counterpoint yeah. to that, though. We are such a small section of the audience. True, for sure. Nobody and else. it knows. doesn't really matter. And so there were a couple times when Paul was like, that's cool, man, but I'm going to tell my story my way. And I was like, absolutely. Because, like, the, let's take the title, for example, right? The title probably makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It probably yeah. is like, oh, what are they doing? Why are they calling it that? Um, and... I will say that that was a huge concern of mine. They did not allow me to change the title of the film. However, the main character plays blackjack also, and when he talks about uh, when he talks about card counting, it's in reference to blackjack. Right. Uh, there is no card counting reference to poker in any way, shape, or form. So even though that's what happens in the movie, poker players see that title and they go, "Ugh, right." Mm-hmm. I would contend that. The sound of the card counter, despite making us feel cringy, probably does wonders for people who don't know that. And it actually is like a pretty cool name for a movie. And like, if you didn't know better, you'd be like, that sounds like a guy that's pretty good at poker. Right. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. I think for the for the masses, I just know as a poker player, like, yeah, they couldn't just get that figured out. Like somebody, Joe couldn't come on set and tell them to put the river on the right side of the cards, but <laughs> so the yeah, card counter, you know, I think to the masses does have some appeal for sure. I think that I'm not going to say that poker wise it's perfect. Uh, but I think that I know that they listen to the vast majority of the, yeah. the notes that I gave them. And it is a movie about blackjack, Kim. Thank <laughs> you for your comment. Yeah, um, one of our, one of, we have premium members that are in the chat. She said, I thought it was blackjack when you see card counter. And goes in, it is, but it's also a poker, right? A movie can be about more than one thing. What? And I would contend also, just so you guys know, this is a thriller, okay? It's not like, I, I if you're expecting uh, Lucky You, uh, where, it, you know, the, the, the crux of what happens in the story is – Poker is is also happening to what you know this the main story is about. So I just if you, if you haven't seen the trailer, it, it looks really good. It looks pretty riveting. Uh, you don't have to answer this, Joe, but I'm curious. Like, if you have any royalties as a part of being part of this, or if it's more just a a compensation thing. I mean, I, I just need to know how much do we promote this? Are we helping you, <laughs> or should we just not care? You're not directly lining my pockets if you okay. promote it. However. <laughs> It does make me look really good. It does mm. um, sort of raise my stock to do sure. things like this in the future. And, you know, as someone who has um, really dabbled and, like, you know, had one toe in regular Hollywood for the mm-hmm. last 15 years while the rest of me has been in poker, 
Um, I think that what I'm building toward right now is uh, the credibility to maybe do a mainstream project that incorporates poker. Mm. Uh, the more I become known as the poker guy, oh, this guy, this guy, well, who's doing that new poker show? Oh, it's the guy that was the poker coordinator on card counter. And he also was a professional poker commentary for 10 commentator for 15 years. So like, and which I think will also bolster our industry will also be good. Um, you know, if I can make the poker in a Hollywood movie, cool and realistic, imagine if I was the one telling the story. Uh, so that would be a cool place to be for me eventually. And, uh, I'm glad I brought that up. I'm going to segue myself. Please do, uh, because I, I, I want to crowbar this thing because nobody knows about this yet. But um, <laughs> I've been writing a comic book uh, for the last bunch of months, and it has a poker story as well. Mm. And so um, just to just to tease, I'm not going to say any more about it yet because we're still uh, we're just done with the first draft. Okay. But uh, but it is happening. And I just want to, because I don't know how when I'll be on rec poker again. So I want to make sure I get that out there. Probably another 301 episodes or so, somewhere in that range. Okay, yeah, exactly. Well, now that we got John, now we're going to have you on all the time, man. We had to make sure that you were a good guest. I heard that you were pretty boring. and I, yeah. yeah, I can just clam up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's no. make sure you let us know. We want to be part of launching that thing and doing whatever we can to, to help you out in that deal because, you know, like, I'll need like, it. Like, like we've talked about, I mean, we are, we're a vibrant and encouraging poker learning community. That's what we are. It's all about positive, you know, the positivity word. I'm not a big fan, but like we're vibrant, we're encouraging. It's all about learning the game together, learning it in community. And we, we want to promote people that we think are good for the game. Like there are certain people that we haven't had on that we probably should, so to speak. Mm. But we're like, I don't think they're good for the game overall. That's cool. So That's one of those good guys to have a thing. Yeah. That we thought was, and I'm, it's pretty, pretty confirmed here talking to you. So whatever we can do to help. And I'm kind of curious, like, uh, you know, my last question, I know we want to honor your time, but all of these things that you've done, and it sounds like, you know, you've got a vision for kind of where they're leading, where you want to go, maybe mainstream, maybe executive producing, maybe poker, whatever that looks like. I am kind of curious, like what is either what has been the most enjoyable thing you've done, or if you could pick one thing to do next year, regardless of how much you got paid, like what, what would you just love to do? I mean, maybe it's a whole bunch of things, but if you could pick one, what kind of really stands out as something that just gives you so much life? Well, I mean, when I was opening for Norm Macdonald on doing stand up, yeah. that was pretty surreal for me. I mean, this is a guy that is arguably the funniest person in the world. Yeah. Uh, when Dave Chappelle is asked who his who he believes to be the best stand up comedian is, and Chappelle says Norm Macdonald, and really? then Norm says to me, "Hey man, I think you're funny. Do you want to open for me?" That is the kind of thing that. Really, as far as, like, life accolades are concerned, like, it's not a medal, it's not a statuette, but, like, that's a pretty high benchmark. So going out and doing comedy with Norm uh, was a, definitely a life highlight. If I had one poker thing to do, if I could make one poker wish, uh, I would want to go, and um, I and it's likely going to happen, uh, is just to have the EPT back up and running. Mm. And I, if you guys mostly know me from World Series stuff, John's probably seen a, a decent amount of EPT stuff. The EPT from when I joined in, like, season eight to, like, whenever we just quit, I think it might have been 16. Um, not that we quit, but when poker quit doing poker stuff. Poker quit you. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's some of 
not only my finest work, but some of the best poker that's ever been shot. Um, my my boss, Francine, understands it really well. James and I are a pretty good double act uh, and just sort of have a great working relationship now where we just understand like what the roles are and how to put out really entertaining poker content. Uh, and the guys that that hi- that they they hire to uh, sort of shoot the show are the guys that did it for four four one back when the World Series of Poker was like blowing people's minds. Mm. And so we just got a great group of people, and the guys at Stars and I mostly see eye to eye now on like what level of comedy should be uh, in a poker broadcast, whether it be TV or online or whatever. And so I really felt like we had hit our stride as far as live streams and the European Poker Tour TV show is concerned. And I would love to see that sort of whole thing come back. And I, I, th- I think it will. Like, they don't tell me anything, but I'm pretty sure that it, it will be back when when we're safely able to do so. Uh, won't that be nice when we're past wondering when it'll come back? Or Yeah, you guys heard about this COVID? <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm done. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. So, I want to honor your time. Well, John, Jim, anybody from the, the chat? Anything oh, oh, I meant to say... This is going to be awkward now when I say I can stay longer if you want to. Uh, <laughs> well, like, no, 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 actually, we don't want you. Well, I'm, we, we kind of had the same thing going. Like I told Jim and John, well, we can ask him to stay longer if it's going well. And I assume <laughs> I'm the same thing. Like, Oh, if it's only if it's going well, it's been great. Thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, no, I could probably do another another half hour or, or, or even I'd say 40 minutes if you guys want. But well, let's, yeah, let's take- now you have to keep me – now, some extended like, period of time where I look like a fucking jerk. Now if, do, <laughs> now if we do 15 minutes, he's going to be like, oh, they got bored. Yeah, exactly. So you got to do at least 20 now. We're, we're doing 20. Okay. We'll probably do another 10 or 15 minutes just because okay. we want to try to, we got a bunch of stuff we got to talk about after. We don't want it to be too long. But Oh, we'll, right. Yeah, shit. You got to talk about, hey, who won this week's $5 <laughs> frenzy? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're for play money. They it's play money, money only, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Dude, he's on poker no stars. idea. How much people play these games, play their heart out in our home games for all they're trying to get is they're trying, we're trying to win these pins and shout out, shout outs on the podcast. Best quote I ever heard was this guy named uh, Winward. Look to Winward on uh, Poker Stars VR, actually. And he said, it's not real money, but it is life or death. Oh, and yes. it's yes. just fucking great. Like, yes. it's just, and it's, it's equal parts. Reminding us how crazy people are, but also it's cool that people take it that seriously, that they care about something, that you're not so jaded about the world that you can actually give a shit about something that's like totally frivolous. Like, good for them. Like, good for you guys. And you're, and you're like, it's awesome. Well, we're, we're, well part of it is because we're a learning community. So we're trying to get better. So if people mm-hmm. aren't taking it serious, we have a conversation with them and say, this isn't really what this is for. This isn't just, we're, we're trying to get better. So if you're just going to shove all in, it's not really part of what They're we're going to be like. Uh, Stapes, <laughs> you're not really, you're not really behaving in this. I was like, I'm actually doing my best. I'm so, I'm doing so badly that you think I'm doing it on purpose. You're like, Stapes, just some of the calls you're making. I'm like, no, that was, I, I only need to be good there one eighth of the time. That is hilarious. Hey, we got, we got a question from uh, one of our members, Michael Pinciero. Michael, if I butchered your last name, I don't think. Hey, Mike Gay. Uh, but he, he says, Michael says, during the EPT broadcast with James Hardigan, you sometimes commented about hand strategy as hands played out. Did you receive advice or coaching about strategy? 
If so, who helped you? <laughs> this is like this is this is Jimmy Fricky's fake name. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, Jimmy. Nice question, Jimmy. Um, back when I, Jimmy. I forget about this, and I'm glad someone uh, someone asked actually because I I should never forget about this, and I left it out of the story. Um, back when they hired me for the big game, there was big concern that I didn't know poker well enough, and they were right. Oh. Uh, and so what they did was they hired this guy named Jimmy Fricky, aka Gobble Boy, aka the Poker Police. Hmm. Uh, who's listed in the credits for the big game as the poker police. Nice. He and I would watch every episode together and he would tell me exactly what was going on. Uh, stuff that I was like, well, he's raising. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you know, and so they <laughs> wanted the big game to have the best strategy of all time. And so they hired me a coach. Um, and in the beginning, Jimmy and I would watch the show, talk about it as we did it. So that's two hours right there. Okay. Then it would take me between four and eight hours to prep all the jokes I was going to do for that show. Hmm. We would record five to six episodes. Sorry, we'd record eight episodes a week. Hmm. So I was having to do like two a day. So I was doing about 10 to 12 hours of prep work. And then going in and doing six to eight hours in the studio, 10 to 12 <laughs> hours of prep work, six to eight hours in the studio. I made myself sick yeah. uh, during that. However, back to Jimmy Fricky. Jimmy then followed me to the EPT and almost all the shows I did since then. I stopped using them maybe about uh, two years ago when when TV was just kind of petering out, like when um, we just, all we broadcast that year was the there was the PSPC, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I did not use Jimmy for that, uh, nor do I use him on the live streams. But that basis of poker knowledge uh, really was started by Jimmy Fricky, and since then there's so much information out there. All of the, you know, all the pros who I do commentary with now, what little bit I know about what's going on is just sort of sucked up through osmosis from spending time pretending to know what I'm asking them. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for your question. Jim, John. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention, I was going to say, I loved, uh, you know, Jimmy Fricky and the poker road B team and was going to ask you about his, his uh, contribution. So do you feel like you've gotten a lot better? I mean, I've heard from other people that uh, you, seem to know what you're saying and need a little less guidance or, you know, Jimmy doesn't need to correct as much as he used to. Yeah, look, I'm sure that I haven't kept up with how far the game has continued to blow past me, but it's enough uh, that I don't think I embarrass myself very often. Um, And always what I really – and secondly is that PokerStars has been really great over the last couple years of just giving me a, a, a pro in the booth. So I can focus on my strengths, which is not poker analysis. It's to keep people happy and entertained. And so I would always rather err on the side of entertainment. And I know that the appetite right now for knowledge is voracious, right? It is voracious for people wanting to learn. And there are way better places to learn than on a poker broadcast anyway. Mm. Right. Um, it doesn't mean you can learn nothing. But I think the, our most important job is to entertain people. And so if I can, like, force out some analysis that, like, m- 
or I can make a good joke. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather have that real estate for a joke. Well, that's something here at Rec Poker, like fun and playing and like being serious about winning, but also having a good time is really important. And so like yeah. learning and fun together is important. And like, I, I really am impressed. I've said this before, like I've done some commentary. We've done some streaming events here. Um, I also feel like, you know, it's much better for me to be sort of like facilitating the talent to actually provide the analysis. And um, like, how do you, do you have any tips for someone who's trying to kind of take, take a a similar path to yours in this way, ways to like prepare for that experience or to be a better commentator or anything like that, that you could help me out with? I mean, the only advice that I can give. First of all, what are your actual flaws? Can I ask you that? Like, where do you feel? Oh, like how long do you have, man? Jeez, good lord! I mean, like, if you're, you're if you just like trip over your words, right? If that's one of your flaws, right? That's a lot different than than feeling uncomfortable, right? If you trip over your words, and uh, the first guy I worked with on the big game was like, go home and read the newspaper out loud in the mirror, mm. and just get used to moving your mouth with every syllable and not rushing through things, and just just really work it out work your mouth out so so jim you can share where your flaws are or what we can do is open it up and john and i and the members can (laughs) that would actually be a lot easier that That would be a lot easier poker mantra (laughs) no it is we help each other learn sometimes it's by you know showing them what they're doing by shaming them well you need sometimes it's hard to shine a light on your own flaws right like i know that's for sure um yeah, I mean, I think my biggest flaw, like I, the, my biggest problem is just shutting up and just like for having space for other people to talk for the most part, I'd say, because I just I just tend to like go. But I don't know. I'm not sure if that's something I can work on other than just uh, discipline on my it, part. It is discipline. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Are you doing that out of um, nervousness? You know, probably less than I used to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question, though. That's a good question. Yeah, I think you, John's John's got something he's saying. I don't know if he's got the meaning. Yeah, I was going to say, I would guess that yours is out of enthusiasm. Oh, probably. I, I mean, you just are really enthusiastic about it. And once you get started, we just can't shut you up. I, yeah. I think there's, yeah, I, I think there's two pieces. I think one is the enthusiasm. You're just so passionate about poker. I've never met somebody so passionate about poker. And you are very good and you are very smart. And so I think you're probably used to being – well, you're you're, the, you're probably used to being the smartest poker mind in the room, and so when you're coupled then with you know now you're going to be doing you know you were doing broadcasting with Ryan Laplant, you know it's you've got to kind of change your mantra to be like okay he is now the one that knows so you you know you are gifted with knowing poker really well too so you can and you do coach other people so it's not like it's a foreign thing for you so it's a, you're shifting gears I think a little bit. Steve, you really nailed it there, and what is to me, most important is once you're competent, right? Once you're like not worried about what you're saying. So you're a competent broadcaster, it sounds like. Where you improve from there is you have to clearly define the roles between you and your co-commentator. And so when you are with someone in the booth, like Ryan LaPlante, who is pretty eloquent and can talk for a decent period of time, you realize, okay, my role now is just to set them up. And you can um, bat that ball back and forth with him better than I could, right? Like, I would go, all right, cool. There's your answer from Ryan and pretend like I understood it. You can actually (laughs) ask follow-up questions and or take, uh, but what about this or what about that? Uh, But it should 
very much be that he's he's volleying and you're kind of just uh, just hitting it back to him mm. um, in that particular role. If you're with a comment co-commentator who has different strengths, you kind of have to mold yourself around that until you have a, a working relationship, um, you know, where you both understand who does what. But I, in fact, just talk about it with my co If it's not James or, you know, someone I work with a lot. OK, here's how I think it should go. Are you OK with that? Mm. Um, I'm going to take the lead. I'll like sort of Steve did here. I'll introduce you um, and then uh, I'll just I'll just tee you up. for. I'm going to I'm going to do the play by play, really defining who's doing play by play and who's doing color. That gets mm-hmm. really rocky when both people are trying to say what the turn card is or, um, you know, announcing the bet sizes. Uh, so just say, hey, I'm going to handle the play by play. You handle the analysis and I'll, uh, I'll you know, I'll keep you going. Uh, but just make sure you let me make sure you let me get the action in uh, because and are we talking about live or online poker? Um, well, it's been it's been online. Uh, yeah. What we've OK. Been talking about. By the way, that's like uh, training <laughs> to run a marathon at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro <laughs> because you're you're not there is no time for commentary mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in online poker. You are talking about the preflop action and we're three hands later already. <laughs> yes. and they were doing they were doing heads a heads up bracket. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, just, it's really, you know, ice skating uphill, honestly, to try to do online poker because uh, there's also very little other color mm-hmm. to speak of. Uh, all right. Well, we just made fun of everybody's screen name and we've got 12 <laughs> hours left to this broadcast. Like, there is, you know, it's it's a really difficult thing uh, to do online poker commentary. Uh, so I wouldn't beat yourself up too much over it. Um there's really just like I said, there's just not a lot of room uh, for for anything. So, you know, again, mm. that sort of plays to my analysis strengths too, or weaknesses, I should say, that if there's a pro in the booth that wants to go off on it for a while. Great. But if I don't if I'm like, well, that happened and then move on to the next hand, like <laughs> who can blame me? Yeah. And I think there's as long as there's enough room for people's natural personality to shine through, like like Jim, we would never want to dampen Jim's passion for the game. Like but there's still room for passion like you like with you, Joe, like. Okay, well, we're only going to tell this many jokes at a time, but we still we can't lose your, you know, your fun spirit, you know. So some of there's got to be room for people's personalities, and it can't be so scripted. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a fine balance, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely about balance, and not not every commentary team will work well together, mm-hmm. and that and they could be both great broadcasters, um, and and it just some th- some people are, you know. Um, you can't you can't plug a plug into a plug. You know what I mean. You got to find some holes for the plug. Yeah, I think that like the chemistry of the team and that communication, you know, it's no surprise that of course would be the most important thing. And just like being on the same page, being aligned with the person in there. So thank you very much. I feel like I just stole five minutes of personal time here, but that means a lot to me. So thanks. That's everybody. okay. I love giving advice to people that are going to take my job in three years. That's, I was going to say my favorite <laughs> thing to do. We got to get got to get stapes into the mainstream so there's a little more room in the poker right, industry yeah, up please. at the top I'll, there look once i take over the tonight show you can have the ept Jim, perfect no i'll recorded witnesses witnesses yeah right well we're gonna have <laughs> those anyway because oh yeah that's yeah, right, that's right. Well, you know I, I have another idea so in order we'll we'll i'll destroy the tapes <laughs> i won't won't do anything for you but you know have you ever had your favorite TV show goes off the air on a season cliffhanger and you never know what happens and you mm-hmm. really want to know? So I want to know, did you ever pay off the challenger 
or sell it. I thought you were going to ask me about Amber is handled, and so I uh, did not. Well, that one I also wanted to know. I was not, I'm not going to answer that one. Uh, basically, we had I think we had a Soprano-style ending to our podcast where I was finally going to call who I thought was a hitman who had text messaged me once. Um, and I will never reveal what happened in that moment. But as far as my car, yes, so when I could not afford it at all, and by the way, I think – I told the story. I won the lottery in order to be able to buy a Dodge Challenger when I was 27 years old or something. And the joke was I, I to, to afford it, I had to get an eight year car loan. OK, like nobody is unheard of. And the whole running joke was that it should have been a 30 year loan because I was going to be living out of it. So I could probably qualify for a mortgage the mortgage. <laughs> the the good news, John, it this is going to sound sad. I still have that car. It was paid off in 2016. Uh, and because I went and lived in England and New York City for a couple of years while it sat garaged, I, I now have a uh, almost 13-year-old Dodge Challenger first edition serial numbered with about 65,000 miles on it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, Excellent. Yeah. So that car is alive and well. It's still my everyday car. I don't drive that much anymore anyway. But, uh, yeah, and I still... I don't ever fuck around it anymore. Like I, you know, when you get a car like that, and you're 27, you're going to like see how fast it can go and peel around corners and shit. Yep. I don't ever speed in it anymore unless I'm like trying to like, you know, do a, like a, you're on the 15, right? And you're like, I got to go 90 for a second or I'm never going to get there. Um, <laughs> other than that, I don't, uh, I don't ever mess around it, but yeah, it's right. It's in my driveway right now, buddy. Thank you mm. for asking. Mm. Now, John, do you feel like you can move on with your life now? You've got some resolution. I do. My my life is now complete. Uh, that that's what I needed. Aim higher, John. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that does sound kind of pathetic, actually. <laughs> I know it's not real. Just to be clear, you really don't play much, right? I mean, do you do any right or do you play more than I think? Because it sounds like you're not really playing a lot. You're more just you're you're kind of around poker, you're you're adding entertainment value to poker, but are you are you playing much, doing any charity tournaments, anything like that? Or I do any charity tournaments someone asked me to. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm hosting <laughs> one for CSOP, August 14th for right. St. Jude. Mm. Um, if you guys want to check out uh, that particular where, where is that? one, St. Jude. That's going to be online, I think, okay. on probably on Faded Spade, I think. they. I don't know. Okay. Um, that's where the last one was. Uh, and I'll be hosting and playing in that one. I don't play a lot of poker, no, in, in that. Uh, for me, poker is a social game, and I really enjoy playing it with my friends when we can get a home game together. Uh, it, I enjoy it less online, although um, I don't have access to a great online poker site, obviously, because I don't live where Poker Stars is legal. Um, but during uh, quarantine, we did home games over Zoom, which I, I found to be delightful. And some of the best parts of the last year were nights spent on Zoom playing poker with people. So yeah. that was really fun. However, I can't I can't play more than like two days a week. I, like really, and I, you know, most of the people I know who are poker fans would have no problem pay, playing poker four, five, six nights a right. week. And I want to do other things. I want to uh, watch movies and play video games and, you know, occasionally pay attention to my 29 year old girlfriend. <laughs> so uh, we, yeah. So, it, you know, and, it, and to 
<laughs> so to go grind, I'm not a grinder. I don't I don't like going yeah. and grinding places. I, I want to hang out with my friends. And then also, uh, I got to shoehorn this in too. I've been playing uh, like two or three sit and goes a week, like two or three table sit and goes a week since quarantine started way back when. And I've only won one of them once. <laughs> uh, and we're talking out of like 18 months <laughs> of two tables sit and goes. And so even if I was the worst player in the game, statistically, I should have won each of them probably like three times. Uh, and I've won one of them once. So I am going to say that I run below expectation. Mm hmm. Um, even if I were the worst player in the game, which I'm probably not the worst player in the game. So um, I've been very frustrated by poker lately. Um, and this sort of, um, when I dated a professional poker player, she used to say this. It was really weird. That's, she goes, you know, you can run bad forever. Right. Like there's As if it's supposed says, to be comforting. As you if could that's lose a... every flip for the rest of your life. Like right. you could, like it is possible for that to happen. And that's kind of what, the last 18 months have been like for me, just any way I could lose a hand, it's been mm. happening. Uh, and so if I'm not hanging out with my absolute best friends while that's happening, I would much right. rather be doing something else. Yeah, it's very different to lose that when you're playing a $5 home game and you can just laugh it off, right? I, yeah. When, so if you don't really like, you know, you don't really enjoy the online playing or whatever, are you doing that just because it's part of what you feel like is a responsibility as a, as a, as a commentator that you should be playing some? Or do you actually find some joy in it. You're doing that, you know, out of, out of choice. I would love to play the Sunday million once a month. Yeah. I would love to play like, even like a light Sunday schedule, right? Like the Sunday million and the Sunday storm. Maybe if I'm feeling really saucy, like the other 215 or whatever they cost now <laughs> yeah. that once a month, it would be awesome for me. Perfect. Um, but I don't have access to that. Mm -hmm. um, and I want it, it basically is that I want, uh, I want poker when I want it and when I, and I want to be done when I'm done with it. Right. So at the moment I have no access to the poker, uh, to online poker and I haven't done a live private game yet, despite everyone saying it's fine. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done yet. I also just think that, you know, we, me and my friends uh, who are in LA have been playing online so much. People are like, do we always want to drive like an hour right. and like not be able to drink when we can just like keep doing the zoom thing. So right. um, it's going to be tough to break ourselves of that habit. I think. Yeah. We, because, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we actually, we do a zoom every Tuesday night. We do the same thing. We're playing in the home game in the zoom together and it's been a great way to get through the pandemic, but it's still, it's, you know, it's not, it's not really live poker. Not yeah, sure. exactly. And so we'll get the live game going eventually. But yeah, for me, it has to be, I have to budget it like, what would I spend on a night out with my friends? I don't mm. have a bankroll, right? And so $400 is like pretty steep, right? That's like two buy-ins at one, two. Like, that's pretty steep. And then when we get up to 800 now I'm not having fun anymore. Right. Um, because this is not what I would spend on a night out with my friends, uh, unless one of them was like going to prison the next day. <laughs> so... <laughs> I live in Minnesota, so four hundred dollars out with a friend. I don't, even, I don't even know how I could spend four hundred dollars. Right. Well, you know what I do when I'm in a Minnesota, Steve. This is no joke. I'm always like, "How much is that tab? Eight dollars." Right. Like, drinks are on me, everybody. <laughs> I don't know how I could possibly spend four hundred dollars, even paying for all four of my friends. You know. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I live in L.A., so it's not inconceivable that I could spend $400 on a night out. But, yes, but that would still be, like, painful for me, right? That would still be, like, ugh, $400. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the 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 the, the um, the amount of fun I'm having has to be equal right. to the amount of money I'm losing yes. because I'm I'm I rarely walk out a winner in these situations. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. So so okay, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We're going to start to wrap it up here a little bit. I, we could literally talk to you the whole the whole night, but yeah, know, we're going to have to bring you back on. You have some of the cool stuff coming up with the comic book and and all that stuff too. What what else haven't we touched on that uh, that you're involved with or that you have coming up that you kind of want? Let us rec, let Rec Poker Nation kind of be on the lookout for. Sure. Well, we got W Coop coming up uh, in the next few weeks on Poker Stars on Twitch and YouTube, and we'll be cut. We'll be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday broadcasts following the World Championship of Online Poker. Uh, we've got, I believe, if you guys haven't seen them, sometimes these shows. Um, we we do a show called Hank's Home Game, where it's Hank Azaria and some celebrities uh, playing for charity, and James and I pop in every once in a while, sort of mess with them. Um, <laughs> those were really fun. Uh, if, if look if for rec poker, it's probably yeah. exactly perfect for you guys. Some poker fans don't like because they're not playing high stakes poker on the highest. Where, where, of, where do we find that? Where do we look? Where those do we... are on YouTube. Hank's home game. I believe there's two episodes of those with Amy Schumer, John Hamm, Jack Black, Jason Alexander. Um, so it's kind of like really... my home, kind of like my home game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I find those shows really fun. There's gonna be some more episodes of those coming up. Uh, in the next couple of months, uh, what else we got? What else we got? I guess if people, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as um, annoying on Twitter these days, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> I've gotten quieter, uh, so if people want to follow me or unmute me on Twitter, that would be great. <laughs> You've been muting Joe for all the years. What's that? If they've been muting, muting, muting you for a while, it's time to come back. I think a lot of people have me on mute right now, so and that's understandable. I'm not even mad about it. I just want you to come back. I forgive you because uh, I'll be tweeting about stand-up and stuff soon. I'm going to be at the Antelope Valley Comedy Festival September 11th and 12th in Palmdale. Mm. <laughs> for all the, all 10,000 of you Palmdalians who listen to the Rec Poker Show. That's right. Come on, um, Palmdalians. You're out there. So yeah, I got that September 11th and 12th, and just I'll be doing some stand up more and more uh, in the coming weeks and months. Hopefully, on the road again doing that. Do you have any stand up? Uh, uh, I mean, you've got some stuff out on, on out on online. Do you have anything like DVDs? I know it's old school. Anything? No merch. I don't have any merch yet. I just I know that like I have a certain amount of goodwill built up, and that sure. if I had like a big merch push, people would buy it. Um, I'm just waiting. For my big ask, yeah, uh, from mm. from the community, I've I mm-hmm. feel like I have a really bunch of goodwill. And retweeting the card counter trailer, I was like testing the waters. I was like, it really mean a lot if you guys would retweet it. And I had like three hundred something retweets. Yeah. Um, still not as many as Joe Ingram would get for tweeting. Boy, <laughs> aces sometimes win a big pot, don't they? <laughs> Turns out. You can win a big pot or lose a big pot. And then he just get 5,000 retweets, 25 million likes. Yeah, um, but Joe, just think about him, how infinitesimally close you are to that, though. No! <laughs> nice one. Nice callback, Jim. So, so what, uh, yeah, there you go. That was a great – I love that because I love the, – there's just so much gratitude built into that. 
referring to yourself as close to your dream when so many would look at that and say, I'm so, so far away from my dream. You know? Oh, yeah, no, it's super. Look, I get to act like a jackass, make jokes on late night TV like I just described th that job also. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, you know, if you don't have the level of success that you've had to this point, there's no way you're on the Rec Poker podcast. Oh, good Correct. Point. Yeah, good absolutely. Point. I should have said that was my, uh, my pinnacle, other, really, other than being on the Rec Poker podcast guy. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Trying to, to say <laughs> so, okay, so, so we got, we got Twitter at State. S yes. A P S. Yes. Is there anything else anywhere else they should be following you? At Insta Stapes on Instagram, um, and I do. I I'm almost never annoying on Instagram. Like I'm just trying to put up funny pictures most of the time with funny captions. Um, Twitter, I can get a little preachy, but like I said, I've been raining in, guys. I promise, I've been working on it. He's maturing. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I think that's about it. Like, you, you can hit me up on Facebook, but I'm probably I, I'm almost always full on there. And Facebook yeah. is a toilet. So um, I know you, you seem to have a hard time expressing how you feel. So maybe we can <laughs> record nation that can help pull that out of you. But yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So my last question and Jim, John, if you have something else, feel free to chime in. But, you know, my last question is, as you know, kind of a call to action for rec poker nation. You know, what, what's one thing you'd love to have everybody either know that's part of Rec Poker Nation, or do if it's follow you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Like, what you know? Let's give, give us a give us an assignment to that would help you out uh, in your career, in you know current career and chasing your dream. That's really really kind. And here's what I'm gonna say. Just just live a good life. No, I'm going to <laughs> just just have fun with yourselves. The magic was inside you all along, Rec Poker. <laughs> uh, if I may, all that stuff. Yes, all that. But if I may, can I? Can I put this? Can I hip pocket this? And you have a favor to be named later because oh. the the big the big ask is probably going to be when the comic book comes out. All right. Um, and I'm happy to come back on the show then or when enough time has passed that it doesn't seem weird probably that I'm that. on the show again. I'm happy to do the show. Um, in fact, I might need to right if I said anything dumb in this interview and I get fired. Oh, no. like, hey guys, do you have any host spots available? You want to be on the panel? I mean, maybe. Remember, yeah, like, remember when you said you didn't like online poker? And I'm like, ah. you hated poker. Come on aboard. No, I think we'll we'll reserve it later. But you know, I'll just say follow Stapes on on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's put that in the holster. Whenever you think it's going to come out, get a hold of us or we'll get a hold of you. We'll keep an eye on for it too. We'd love to have you back on. Absolutely. And you know, the first time we have somebody on, it's so much just hearing your story. I know you've told your story before, but you know, a lot of Rec Poker Nation isn't listening to every podcast. and reading Oh, totally. Stories. Yeah, yeah, so no, that makes sense. Story, the next time what we'll do is we'll dig into the, you know, whether it's a comic book or whatever, and we'll kind of uh, have a lot of fun with that for sure. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. That was an absolute blast. No, just uh, it was exactly as much fun as I thought it would be. Exactly as much fun. Had you well, Jim, time. you sure know how to kiss butt like a broadcaster. <laughs> so you got that part down. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Right, I'm already looking forward to next time. We'll let you go there, man. Thanks again. It was a pleasure. We'll have you on. It will not be another 301 episodes uh, before you come again. So thanks so much. All right. Very good. Smell you later, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Take care, man. Bye. Well, there he goes. Why don't we uh, we'll get our reaction? Why don't we just go ahead and play the Jonathan Little ad, and we'll come back with our reactions. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer 
over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Little great stuff. All right, guys, what are, what are we thinking? I know my cheeks are a little bit hurt from, from smiling the entire time. What's your reaction, Jim? <laughs> well, well I, I've been looking forward to having Joe on for a while. Uh, he is someone that, like, does a lot of the same things that I would, like, love to do in the world of poker, you know? So it was cool to be able to pick his brain about that and get a sort of a sense of what his story is like. Um, and he's just exactly as funny and warm and even more kind of grateful and humble than I was expecting, to be honest with you. Um, so it was yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to have him back. You should have told him that, you know, you're more humble than I thought you would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, what was your thought? I, I loved it. Uh, I was always a big fan. Um, at, back in the day, the Poker Road podcasts were the premier poker content that was available. So it was you know, fantastic to be able to meet him and rub elbows a little bit, virtually speaking. Yeah, interesting how, how many things he's been involved with. But yeah, I was, mm. I'm still kind of intrigued by the whole poker thing. So it sounds like it wasn't really like, he didn't set out to be like, oh, I'm going to be in poker media. It was just, he found an internship and he had that his partner. And well, yeah. well he, yeah. he and Scott both went to uh, college in Boston together. Okay. And so they both graduated and then moved out to L.A., then Scott got the internship at Card Player and pulled tapes along with him. And then Scott started doing the Circuit podcast. And then, as you mentioned, he added to go out of that. And then that's when uh, Full Tilt started Poker Wire. And then Poker Wire went down, and that's when Seabox uh, started up Poker Road. And they had like four or five different podcasts yeah. in the Poker Road family. Uh, and they were fantastic. They go around to all of the big $10,000 tournaments. That's, you know, what they had back then. Yeah. And they would be at those stops and they'd get the pros in and talk a little bit about what was going on, who was winning them. It was interesting, especially at that point. I didn't know much of anything. So all of it was new information for me. Yeah. I, I love how knowledgeable you are on that stuff too. And uh, that was pretty gracious of him to, to recognize you as well because you've been around doing the – well, I mean, I emailed him and talked to him a couple of times, but I was a little surprised that he actually remembered me or th <laughs> thought he remembered me or has me confused with someone he does remember. <laughs> well, we, we, kind of, we missed your, your intro kind of chopped up. I think you said Poker Geek Man or something. I think we got that or I mentioned ah. that, that triggered it as well because that's your Twitter handle as well. So, I don't know, John, did you did you have a quote that you wanted to share today? We, we lost your intro. No, I was busy looking for it, but then I got into technical trouble, so I'll <laughs> save the quotes for next time. There you Fair go. Enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful guest, and uh, Kevin and Kim and Martha and Michael, it's fun to have you guys on here, too, but let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the rec poker community. I'll tease a couple things, and then we'll get into the home games, but uh, when this thing airs, it will be uh, Tuesday, August 10th. That is the day of the first Running Aces Rec Poker Weekly Tournament. Oh, my so, God. Very, very exciting. I had some plans changed, and so now I can play it. I was so excited. I was going to be out of town. Now I can play, as far as I know, that first one. So I want to be the first inaugural champion of that. Yes. Thing. Weekly, Tuesday mornings, 10 a.m. If you're around Minnesota, uh, it's the Rec Poker Weekly Tournament. So very fun with that deal. Uh, we also have our next road trip coming up August 23rd through 29th uh, down in Florida. 
we've got we got four of us in the house. I know a few other people are going. We do have a couple a couple of spots in the house. If you're interested, reach out soon or go to rec.poker slash road trips. Uh, you get some information there, but uh, that's going to be fun. The Run Good Poker Series down there. See if I can get me a ring. Uh, see if I can win myself the player of the series and get to that poker go thing at the end of the year. All yeah. kinds of ideas. I just have to play better. Are, aren't they? Aren't they putting a bounty on you in that one too? No, uh, they were going. They're going to, but actually, they're going to run that opening night. Is not going to be a celebrity bounty tournament anymore. Oh. It's going to be like a Monday night regular opening night. They're going to give away a bunch of prizes and stuff. But I think it's going to be more like door prizes and stuff. Mm. Uh, but we do have we do have one entry into that event that Run Good is donating. So who's ever staying at the house? I'll nice. myself. Uh, we're going to give that away to somebody that's staying in the house. So that's kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a cookie there, but yeah, it'll, cool. be, it'll be super fun. Of course. Nice, nice. Um, and, and just to tease one more thing. So staking, we're going to start some rec poker staking. Uh, this we is so cool. Tease this a little bit. Uh, we've been working on it quite a bit. We're going to pilot it uh, down in Florida. So we're going to kind of see how it goes. Uh, we've got a process set up for investors, a process set up for people that want to play and be staked. Uh, and so we're going to tease that out a little bit. You can go to rec.poker slash staking, uh, and we'll have all the information out there by the time this airs. Uh, and there'll be a, few, a couple of us that are going to put some of our action up uh, just so that we can pilot this thing. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, we'd like to try it out. We think we have a pretty good model, a pretty good process. Uh, we're really going to be the, the administrators, the facilitators of it. It's really an agreement between the investor and the player that we're going to help manage and connect because I got a lot of players that say I'd love to be staked but I don't know anybody that wants to wants to put up some money and we got a lot of people that say man I'd love to live vicariously and put a little bit of money into that and uh, invest in those folks so we're going to facilitate that process so that's coming um and <laughs> sorry so I guess I said I was going to tease them and then I went in and just like, <laughs> now I don't need to now I don't need to explain it my there's no more teasing no more explaining uh those things come off. reach out to as, as always you guys like always Steve at rec.poker like we are very available. We're very accessible. If you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, and you don't know how to reach out, just Steve at rec.poker, uh, and we will uh, take care of your, your question, your concern, whatever that might be, or input. Feedback is the lifeblood of rec poker. I don't know how many times you have to say it. So many of the great things that we're doing are a result of somebody saying, you know what we should think about doing? And then we, we explore it and we do it. So uh, definitely welcome your feedback. So with that, maybe because I said all that, I can interrupt you less, John. <laughs> and we don't have chris jones on the panel tonight he couldn't make it and he's the one i know that's just always interrupting you that's so, so chris john you can flow through this maybe we'll see okay back at our uh for our nightly events we had doug drayback megra 44 mm, he's got back. his fifth nightly for the year that's his 16th oh lifetime look at Seville 300ZXTT, mm. Jeff Martin, got his first nightly victory. Congrats. Fergie 56, Kim uh -oh. Gilroy, uh -oh. got her fifth nightly victory. Local legend, Pet Fed herself. Yep. Ivor <laughs> Big One, who I don't know who is, uh, got his or her <laughs> first nightly victory. Because last time I think you said Ivor. So yeah, or is it Bigone? Oh, Ivor. I don't know. Ivor. Is, it, is that Italian? <laughs> well, I Bigone. First, you know, he has a, a it's B-I-G-O-N-E with a one at the end. And at first oh. I was like, well, is that supposed to be like Biganel? <laughs> uh, is it Big One One? Oh, it's probably it Big One be. One. Begone that's probably <laughs> that's probably the right way to say it. <laughs> Anyway, next we have another impressive back-to-back -back 
Oh, man. Where uh, Ace Booyah Greg mm -hmm. won his second and third oh, nightly victory on the 30th and 31st. Nice. Closing out the month. Beautiful. Yeah. And then also on the 31st, Taylor Moss, go for yeah. boy TJM, won the mixed tournament for the daily series. Now, do we yes. give out a pin for that? No, Even that's if the practice one, right? That's the practice one. Do we... Well, you, you, it does count for a bronze pin unless you are Taylor. Oh, for good. Taylor, okay. Taylor, thought, it's an asterisk because he won it. That makes so, more sense. I like the yeah. way that sounds. I just want to okay, make sure the practice one. It wasn't the real one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the, it was just the mixed practice event. You know, Taylor, Taylor, he has real commitments in his life that prevent him from making it to the recording of this podcast. And we have so much fun with him every single week. But yep. <laughs> this is well, nothing I wouldn't say without him here with him. Yeah, no, I know. I, know. So I, I believe, you know, I'd have to go back in, in the stats and look, but he is one of the few people who I think has won a tournament in all three series. He's won a daily series. Mm a mixed game series and an Olympic Hold'em game series. And, so. and I think he's, uh, he's got one of the few pins from 2019 too. We yeah. had to a couple pins in 2019, right? That's right. Yep. We yep. Just heard, Cause he won player of the year in 19. So he might. Well, he won a, a silver for 2019 for player yeah, of the year. And he got a bronze cause he won one of the tournaments for yeah. then as well. Wow. Yeah. And he probably go, hardware in, in 2020 too. So I think so. Yep. You're gonna have to ship another pin over to him sometime yeah. soon, Steve. Yeah, I need to admit it, but the kid's a player. I mean, yeah, he, he knows this stuff, no doubt. Yeah, I'll never admit it to his face, so no one out there tell him this. But <laughs> he is pretty good. <laughs> okay, then we have the international events. Jasper mm. Jr., Patrick Berry, yeah, his third, and Gia Hawk, Eric Romo got his first. Nice way to go, Eric. And then oh, overdue we, for Eric. That's awesome. He's been circling that uh, that winner's box for a long time. Way to come through. Yeah, well, he's won other events. This is just his first international. Ah, I see. Yes, you should good. be upset, Jim. This is this is two, I, two Yankees. International events. I know. What the heck? So come on, Border Band. I, I know we've got some Brazilians. We've got some Mexicans. We've got some Canadians. Brazilians. Plus, we set this whole time slot for some of our friends overseas. So let's hit this uh, Saturday international tournament, folks. I don't want to see any more of these proud Americans waving the flag every time. Oh, comes you home. know. Canada has had its day. I don't think you should be allowed to interrupt me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, you know. I'm, I'm going to call the shot for, for Troy Chapman. Chapo. Yes. I love that. He really has, but I think he's going to win another one pretty soon. Nice. Nice. Yep. Okay. Now that we are on to the LPP Sunday event, ah. and Milo Junk, Miles Hus Hudson, won the Learn Pro Poker event on Sunday night, so he should contact Jim at rec.poker to earn his free month at Learn Pro Poker. Nice. Way to go. Way to yeah, go, Miles. Yeah. Too, man. That's good stuff at LPP, man. Absolutely. And one more reminder that on September 18th, we have our Heads Up series returning. So stay tuned for more info. Sweet. Nice. All right, now, and we can't, Jim, we can't say anything about what we've been talking about. Can we? I don't think we can. I don't think so. Next week, I bet we can. Wanna it's going to be a big day, though. I want to be a fun day. And then edit it out if we can't, but I think Ooh. it's too soon. I, leave, I mean, I leave that to you, sir. It's you're the boss. I, I think we, I don't want to edit later. Okay, stay tuned. Uh, stay there, tuned. There's a, there's a big announcement pending. 
Yes. Well, I already did. Oh, yeah, that's going out now. <laughs> I think a fairly large um, um, announcement that's pending. Uh, hopefully, you can even break it on the in the in the forums podcast if we know it or something. Oh, yeah, maybe that's cool. Record that. So anyway, so stay tuned. Uh, but this is a, it's a good reason to actually uh, sign up for the newsletter because mm. we're probably in the break in it there first. So good point. Check that poker sign up for the newsletter. We'll let you know uh, what that is. All right. So I know we're way past time. <laughs> we're going to start the next podcast. <laughs> well, oh, well, as soon as he says, he's, he's no, I know we have to. What do we say? Well, we only want five. Um, no, that was amazing. We got so much great stuff out of that. Well, anything else, uh, content, anything else coming up, seminars that we should be aware of, guys, that people should pay attention too, to, book study? Too, it's all going on. Too much to talk about. But if you just go to the homepage, rec.poker, you'll see uh, everything coming up this week. And uh, there's a lot. There's a, there's a fire hose, folks. So just don't feel like you got to take it all in. That's my one piece of advice. Right. And, and Kim, I'm sorry, Kim mentioned, she said, Wait, leave us hanging. She, her eyes are rolling. I'm sorry. I, I, I was just actually going to play off Jim if he thought we could break it. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be that guy, but it's, <laughs> I really want to talk. Yeah, you really want I want to too. Don't make me the bad guy. And you're not the bad guy. <laughs> you could have taken me down the wrong road there. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up there, you guys. Check out Rec.Poker. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you can help us out by subscribing, rating, reviewing the podcast, subscribing to the Rec Poker YouTube channel. That helps us out. Uh, Joe Stapleton, thank you. Thank, mm. thank you, Jim, John. Fantastic stuff. Kevin, Kim, Michael, uh, you guys in, in the who, – who did I miss? There's another one that was in the – who else was in there? There was four of them that were in the uh, – Martha was in there too. Oh, uh, yeah. We missed Martha at the end. Thanks to you guys for showing up. Uh, but uh, Running Aces, Casino Racetrack Hotel, website app, or it's just – that's just tough. Thank you.